Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Tom, Dick, and Hyman Show, episode 25. Let's get this monkey off our back. Are you ready, Hyman? I'm pretty sure I'm here, so I'm ready. Hyman, are you ready? Gladiators! <laughs> are you cancelled? No, you're bought up by Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're ready. Got some great topics coming up for you later on. Some divisive topics. Yeah, it should be. This This might get quite heated, this one, I'm feeling. It's a little barbed. But uh, yeah, so uh, coming up much, much later, we're going to be reviewing Seth Rogen's latest turd. Sausage party. <laughs> I think we've already got the answer to that. Yeah, you don't true. listen to listen to that bit anymore. Yeah, and uh, leading into that, we're going to be asking a question about WikiLeaks and Russia. Are they in cahoots? And what do they know about us? Well, WikiLeaks, I'm sure, will know everything. I mean, the Brexit bunker I thought was impenetrable. Everything GCHQ knows, WikiLeaks knows, right? That's how that works, isn't it? Oh, God. That's why they have such a... A uh, high bill for pens and pads. <laughs> Old school. But uh, kicking us off, it could be quite an explosive topic. And uh, I think the only real way to introduce us into uh, our first segment, it's got to be Gavin McInnes. A foxy forethought. Provocateur extraordinaire. Strap yourselves in and get ready. Uh, Gavin McInnes. God, that vice-smelling prick, yes. Yeah, co-founder of Vice magazine, and then at some point was kicked out for ideological differences. Just not being rad enough. I think he was just like, the world became really left-wing, and he didn't. And so <laughs> he kind of like, they just kind of kicked him out. Anyway, <laughs> he's going to be introducing us into our first topic here. And uh, Hyman, if you uh, want to stop this at any point and refute some and uh, make some rebuttals or something like that, I want to stop this man before he even starts. Why? Why, why can't we stop this ride? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so but it's, yeah, look, there's different ways to look at the data, but the big picture here is women do earn less in America because they choose to. They would rather go to their daughter's piano recital than stay all night at work working on a, a, a you know proposal. What? So they end up earning less. They're less ambitious. And I think this is sort of God's way. This is nature's way of saying women should be at home with the kids. Are They're you, happier there. I, I hope. Okay. God's way. <laughs> God's way. The only way. I mean, that is a kind of traditionally Christian conservative view that he's expressing there. I mean, I think he shot himself in the foot already. <laughs> <laughs> by default, if you're Christian, you must just be wrong. Is that... No, but <laughs> by, by default, he's lumped himself in with a bunch of maniac fringes of the religious set. True. But let's see if he makes any other points. Ooh, there's a great book because you should read. It's called Why Men Earn More. And it's all about women choosing to put family over book. work. And that's why they earn H- less. Having a choice does not mean that you're it. less. I wonder if it was a man that published it. Statistically, it probably... I mean, <laughs> yeah, really because there are a lot more men that work in business, yeah. <laughs> in publishing. Ambitious. And your comments are absolutely deplorable. Sean, I would like Less you... Less ambitious in the workforce. I would like I you to adjust this. You're, you're a father. You have a daughter. Heroes. If you were a real feminist, you would support housewives and see them as the heroes you and women who work wasting their time. You said that women are less ambitious. <laughs> women are you less have ambitious. Said, you have also said that women are... Better. You know what? I'm starting to think 
actually he's got a point because we've got a, a migration like a job crisis all these immigrants coming over taking our jobs if only women went back to the kitchen and only the men migrants worked it would all equal out well i mean uh, you're right that most economic migrants are men i think is that what you're getting at no my my, my, my point is if women stop taking the jobs the good men migrants could have hymen from down the docks here the old trade unionist left <laughs> point of view let's carry on yes you've also said that uh let's see that women are emotional and women shouldn't run for public office. All of these things that just I never are said women shouldn't run for yes, public you office. Have. You've said if we're that talking before. about 50% of the population, generally out of this 250 million people or, or 150 million people, most women are happier at home. They are pretending that they like working and they're not making money because they don't stay all night at the office. I like the idea that women are the best actors. <laughs> they like they're really good at pretending they to like be- it. Yeah, they pretend they like working. I mean, I, I think he's making a statement about like why women aren't winning more awards for acting. To be honest, um I read an article this week in the New Statesman by Suzanne Moore. Yeah. The premise was name something that you changed your mind on. And she her response was she basically it was like it's a bit of a hissy fit really more than anything. She was basically just saying, I'm so sick of feminists having to pretend that we actually like men. We don't like men. What? We kind of we kind of knew that about feminists already, to be honest. That's kind of like the cliche view of feminists is that they hate men anyway. And so but she's like, oh, no. do you know what? I'm fed up of pretending I, I actually like men. My God, that's so fucking stupid. How the hell are you going to ever come to a compromise on anything if you hate the person who's coming to the table to well, try she's and... she's saying, like, I don't, I don't want men coming to the table... And negotiating whatever you know what i mean it doesn't work like that anyway. don't get me wrong we're probably backwards in some way but at least we're coming <laughs> to the table to kind of go like yeah maybe we're probably wrong no let's kick over the table and burn it down look it's got two straight legs on the four corners their penis is pointed down so so far to sum up gavin's points he has a big bushy beard. <laughs> hipster. I think he calls himself the godfather of hipsterdom. God, oh, and, uh, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> He's saying women would generally be happier being housewives, being mothers. I don't think generally is the right word there. No, some he, women <laughs> are going to be happier. Some women aren't. I think that's fair. I mean, both sides are basically painting everyone with the same brush. They're both generalizing. Yeah she's generalizing in more i don't can't remember her name she's generalizing more in a positive way well that's a comment about women that tom doesn't remember the lady's name <laughs> he's generalizing in a more negative way yeah in a roundabout way he's being negative he's saying women are unhappy which is not a positive thing there are nuances what about transgenders mm. what do they think about work <laughs> yeah that's a whole nother quagmire right there that we're gonna <laughs> try and sidestep that landmine hey. Carrying on. They don't go the extra mile. Why they don't work all here? weekend. I'm You're making a mistake. Here. You would be much happier at home with a husband and children. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm literally oh. You just said you're single. Oh. You don't have a boyfriend. You're what? That's you're my celibate? Choice. Yeah, look, you're miserable. You would be so much happier with kids around you tonight. Imagine coming home. Mommy's home. <laughs> you, you know what, Kevin? You're, you're not funny. You're not what you, not you do not do anything. I'm trying to make you happy. You do not do anything for the better. Sean, this yes, isn't funny. Feminism has made this... women miserable. Women were much happier when there were, when housewives were glorified. Yeah, I, guess what? I had right, a choice to be married and Get I chose tempered. not to. Right, I have a choice up. to have kids. You made a mistake. We'll give you the last word. Go ahead. I think that your guest here is doing a disservice to all of the viewers and to do, doing a disservice to a.
What a waste of having the last word. If you're on TV, you're a pundit or whatever, and you, you, you know, you're on one side and the person sat next to you is on the other side. Do not waste time trying I, to get the host I, to, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean, to try and cancel out what they were saying. Just I, make your point, do you I, know I mean? think Fox got this guy on, to, he has a point, and yeah. she is a rebuttal to him, so it's hard for her to make the final point. She can only comment on something coming at her. He will always have the last well, point because he's always trying to sell something. She can rebut what he's saying without making what is, I think, is uh, in effect, like a moral judgment about him. Instead of actually like responding to what he said, yeah, no, she, she's she's. I mean, she's obviously offended. I get that, but I mean, he's a prick. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's going out of his way to be, yeah, yeah. But she has not defended the point at all. No, she's really she's just kind of moaning. And well. it's like... <laughs> All right, all right. We'll yep. see. Look, I'll America, by saying that women, that I need to be married, that I would be happier at home, that you're what miserably married, just because no, I'm just ecstatic. having a I'm ring. I'm trying on... to share my joy. I, you should see my little. Not two-year-old. everybody He's has a... the same life, the life pattern as you. Okay, I know, it's the fall and not everybody rest. wants it's to marry somebody in a, in a bootleg seersucker suit and go home to that. I don't want to go home to that. You don't have to go home to me. Go home to a hunk. <laughs> oh gosh Jesus this know. is absolutely disgusting and Sean I, you I should actually speak up for the viewers th- today and I, let them know I, I that think, I think your daughter we- should have a choice yeah okay obviously yeah women have a choice that's yeah that's kind of a given I don't like I don't like when people do that when they try and appeal to the host it's like oh you you help me yeah yeah it's like teacher why don't you you know set everyone yeah. straight it's like the equivalent of running to HR mm. to settle what is really like a personal issue I mean, but anyway, <laughs> to kind of, <laughs> I, do, I, I stand on her side. Unfortunately, she's that the clip, worst just quickly, spokesman. That clip, courtesy of Fox News, <laughs> Sean oh. Hannity. <laughs> this is like from several. This I think this is like four or five years ago. This clip, mm. but the reason Maybe she's why married by now. The reason why I've gone to an old clip mm. is that this is an old recurring story since. I think a few years after World War II, in both Britain and America, general national surveys have been done in terms of measuring people's happiness. And the 50-year trend is that both men and women's happiness is trending downwards, right, for the last 50 years. The 30-year trend is women's happiness going down at an ever-increasing rate. Women's level of happiness is going down faster than men's level of happiness is going down. See, I wouldn't mind understanding the questions that they use because they can front-load, though. You well, know, you, you mean? What you can lead, you can use leading questions to get an an- the answer you want. Yeah, I mean, look, this these are studies. There, there are multiple studies, and they're done basically every single year. Yeah, it doesn't matter, man. You can still and this story comes out every single year. The problem is, is no one really likes talking about it, and that's why I want us. The Tom, Dick, and Hyman show. Oh, I want us to talk about it because we... people don't want to. <laughs> it's like, we're going to talk about the shit that you don't want to, so you don't have to. Oh, we're going to look like... Why ignorant... aren't I drunk enough <laughs> for this? We're going to look like ignorant shits on your behalf. Yeah, that's right. Two men talking about women's, women's happiness. happiness. <laughs> <laughs> and judging, pretty much judging. <laughs> I mean, on paper, though, obviously we're generalizing, but, you know, when you're talking about men and women, you're talking in generalizations anyway. It should be a given. But women's lot in life has obviously got a lot better the last 30, 40 years. Definitely. They're without question, right? I mean, you're almost saying, like, their downfalls when they got the vote. Pankhurst. No, that was... Pankhurst is their downfall. Well, she I was mean, the devil in a blue dress. Women, obviously, you know, hashtag great strides. But women have come a long way. Independent. 
emancipated self-sufficient okay when you say come a long way do you mean have they from nothing pushed, pushed society forward or have they come down the same road road that men have gone down men aren't happy either but our happiness isn't going down at the same rate women's are and but then it's again- arguable that uh, you know, the what you see, particularly in left-wing press, quite a lot is this notion that men are unhappy and they're angry because they're losing their place in society and blah, blah, blah. And women are taking over and all this, right? So if that's true, and to some extent, I think it is, why aren't women happy? Why aren't, well, at the very least, why are they, why are they more unhappy than men? When you say happy, are you talking like contentment with their lot? Yeah, type thing? No one's content with their lot. Okay, but why, why is it worse? Why are the stats worse for women than men? Because, I mean, you have to look at the concept of how the information is taken in. Women talk more. They will give more information over to a, a statistician, a, a, like even the basic information, like a, a, a a fucking market researcher of information. Women talk more. Men are more stoic when it comes to that. I mean, it doesn't matter how liberal you are as a man. So is it your gender the, the, identity thing? Because you said men are more stoic. If anyone doesn't know, stoicism is like, you can sum it up as, um, it's not what happens to you. It's how you deal with what happens to you. Yes. In a way. Now, do you think body shaming, slut shaming has anything to do with it? Yeah. Yeah, there's a fair amount to do with that, of course. How do we stop it? How do you... I don't know. Get over your fucking self. A, get over yourself. And B, stop being such a prick. Gonna sound don't, like- be a, don't be a prick and shame anyone into something. You want to sleep around, sleep around. But you can pick on them if they get a fucking STD. That's because they're a goddamn <laughs> idiot. And you pick on an idiot. Know how to get around it. Wear a fucking condom. Or something like that. Like, comes- don't, don't be a fucking idiot. Because there used to be... Up until I'd say about maybe the early 70s, men used to mystify women in the sense of there were a mystery, there was a mystique to women and all this. And then women in the 70s were like, look, stop doing that. There's nothing, there's nothing mysterious about us, do you know what I mean? Like in a very mm. kind of rational, sensible way. Don't put the pussy on a pedestal. <laughs> but they, dim- they demystified themselves. And I think what happened is, is men realized women are kind of boring in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't really... We'd rather hang out with a bunch of guys than hang out with a bunch of women. Well, no, if you look at it that way, then you're saying, like, women then became men because you have to look at the fashions and the well, no. tr- and the, the, buy- and the uh, business trends in the time. No. If they became, became men, we would like them more and we want to hang out with them more. No, but then in the 80s, a lot of women, that's where the... The big shoulder pads. The big shoulders and the, <laughs> the rising the big women CEOs like that. Yeah. They became men. They saw, they saw the only way to actually move up and... A system that was male-dominated was become more men, more male than men. Okay, yeah, because we're kind of touching on traditional gender roles here in a way. The rise of women in the workplace, and you've got the war, and then you've got the seventies, late seventies, and early eighties. I think the late eighties, early nineties is where this common phrase came from, and I think it was Gloria Steinem. Uh, women can not, have it all. Not Gloria Estefan. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Gloria Steinem. I think her famous saying was women can have it all now so Mm. you can have the high-powered career 
and you can have your family and be like a great mother and but you can do it all but again that's coming off the back of this oppressive 80s, yeah this 80s generational thing where you had women had to become men to then sense, like go out and work yeah work as hard as men do the exact same you know like you know work hard play hard be men in the business world and it's all been an evolution from that a lot of men in the 80s had to make that choice of do i want to make as much money as i can or do i want to spend more time with my family like they had to make that sacrifice and i think a lot of women who wanted high power careers had to make that sacrifice as well they couldn't have it all they had to make a choice and i think they went into it thinking oh i can do it all i can do Mm -hmm. this i'm wonder woman blah 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 do you know what i mean and it's like that's not reality like there's no man out there that thinks he can do it all can have it all they accept Men accept there are limits to what I can have. Really? Yeah, of course men dream of better life and what have you. But men don't think I can spend X number of hours a week with my family and do overtime at work and like, do you know what I mean? Well, I think we have an understanding of the opportunity cost. Or a resignment to it. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. An acceptance. Okay, you say acceptance, I say resignment. (laughs) Depends on if you're a half-glass full or half-glass empty kind of guy, I guess. Or a half-glass in the face. I fantasise about this becoming big and I get paid to do it. We infantilise. That's why we've we've got this, like, new wave of childhood. That's why all these movies are rehashes of, like, 80s movies. Oh, yeah, I'd agree completely with that. Overall, we've infantilised ourselves uh, in terms of our culture yeah but i think that's partly driven by we have no vision of a good future and we're just desperately looking to the past but that's that could be another topic for another day (laughs) how about our role in this men Mm. are we letting women down is it us is it because we're talking about what uh women expect of themselves in a way what are they expecting of us are they expecting things I mean, of us? Yeah, we're just I mean, not you could almost it? say like we don't know where our, our place is, so we can't mm, even. We so lost we, our place. I, would well, say, I mean, in terms of patriarchal, the father is the head of the household. All respect to the father. I think that's gone. I mean, yes, there's that. There's also there doesn't have to be a hierarchical system. Well, but there's no discipline in parenthood anymore. It's taken out of the control. It's like children are free to do whatever the fuck they want well, because they're young adults. You're like, no, it's a child. It is still learning. In effect, children raising children. You yeah. know, we're infantilizing ourselves. We're, yeah. we're children and we're giving birth to these tiny little children. For we f- don't know how to raise them. We don't know how to discipline them. Fuck's sake. I know this guy at work, who I work with and he's got a kid and he plays computer games with the kid. All that kid will see is like an adult version of himself. Yes. Thinking, this is all my nephew sees. He sees an older brother. Yeah. So they, they used to be traditional gender roles, right? Men, fathers, women, mothers, what have you. So the father, husband, whatever, goes the out son and works. Son of the Holy Ghost, yeah. And the mother stays home, raises the kid. That's like old world. Mm. We're not in the old world anymore, right? And I think part of the reason why I suspect women might be unhappy in an ever-increasing rate is because they've taken on the fathership role. So they're taking on mother and father. They've got two roles now where they only used to only have one in the old world. So there's, there's father that's pressures. only doing the father role and the mother's doing the, the mother The father's not father. doing the father role at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. saying women are trying to do both. See, you, you also have to kind of, you say traditional, but I mean, like, have you ever thought that maybe like back like, in like an agricultural world? I'm saying the like, main, being, I will clarify, yeah. being like the main breadwinner. Yeah. But money doesn't equal happiness or power or anything like that. It's, it gives you options. It gives you options, exactly. 
but it doesn't give you happiness. You can have but nothing. It's not about being rich. I'm talking about having the pressure and responsibility. So you're almost saying like women are shaming men because they're not earning enough to support them for doing everything? Uh, they're not shaming men, but I think women think men are letting them down in the way of why am i the main breadwinner why am i earning more money than you why can't you split yourself into being something better as well i know i mean i'm obviously i don't want to sound like i'm saying women shouldn't be going out and working earning money no that's not what you're saying you're you're almost women are kind of getting upset the fact that they're hooking up with guys and it's they have the woman has the career the good job Mm. the main breadwinner and the guy's got like almost the, no future prospects whatsoever. Maybe a house. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, he's got almost nothing, right? He's got his PS4. But and I think women feel like we're letting them down in that way. We're sold this picture perfect idea that if you work hard enough, you can have this perfect world. You can't. Women need to understand that. Men need to understand that. You can't have perfection. You can't have a peaceful world. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> I think. Um... Peace is a dream that you work towards, but the idea is you have to work fucking for it. Yeah, but and you, it's for that next generation you work towards. I don't think it's uh, a question of that. I think it's like utopianism is very alluring, right? Everybody would love to live in utopia, mm. except me. I, don't, I think it's a fucking crock of shit, the idea. <sighs> and I think that's what women are trying to strive for, is that perfect, is, well, perfection. I mean, you could almost... And, and the yeah. perfect employee manager ceo whatever and perfect mother and i'm the perfect head of the household and i'm the perfect main breadwinner like i were uh, i saw a trailer for uh, i saw a trailer today for bad moms oh moms, yeah as we say in the uk i, I i'm sick I, i've noticed very first, writing with mom the very very first five seconds of the trailer mm. is myla kunis going on about i'm so sick of trying to be the perfect this and trying to be the perfect that and i it, that clicked something in my head you know what i mean in regards to this topic you cannot like you say you cannot obtain perfection it's the the pink dragon you know uh, I mean? you're yeah, chasing yeah, after yeah but um but, have you noticed these days that women who say they're content they just want to be a mum, they just want to be a mm-hmm. housewife and raise a family that there's they're kind of looked down upon people look down their nose at these women yeah i mean that's that's like a, you should be striving for more well, no, that, that's because they're painted with either one of two brushes. You're either so fucking poor and you're a drain on society. Yeah. That's all you're doing, pumping out kids. Mm. Or you're so fucking rich that you can do what the fuck you want. The other extreme end. Yeah, yeah. there are two extremes. There, there, there's no meeting of the middle. There's no understanding of, well, you've, you know, you've got to have kids. You want to have a fucking country to last? You've got to have kids. Women's liberation. Are women emancipated? I would say yes. Like, you've got, a, like, a like hundred years of women's women being given their own ut- utility, their own... Um, Formally educated. Yeah. Yeah. And it almost feels like each each generation is built on, well, we've just got this, we've got this yep. little bit more, yeah, we've yeah. got this little bit... It, you can almost see, like, each generation is thinking, I have to want up the last one. Is that what's making them upset? I think that would be one thing you could say, but it's making... Because eventually uh, you're always going to get to a point where you can't go much higher. Well, you can't. Or the rate is going gonna, gonna to slow down. But I'm thinking, but I'm saying they already reached the limit of they're already at. They already reached the limit of like this is the best it's going to get. You've you've gotten to the secret end boss type thing, and the end boss is well, this is what men do as well. It's shit. <laughs> do you think women mischaracterized men's lives? 
in the sense that they looked at men and thought, oh God, men, yeah, they have it so easy. Like I see this phrase all the time. Uh, men are playing the game of life on the easiest difficulty settings. As in, if you, like if a man has a success, it's not because he worked hard. It's not because he had a talent. It's, it's just because he had the right genitalia. I think they kind of dismiss men in that way these days, women. And I think uh, women's liberation wasn't just a liberation for women. For men, we had our liberation in a way as well. Okay. The old patriarchal ways. Men have to provide for women. Men have to look after women. Have to protect women. That Hold died. the door open for women. But it's no, basically the idea that, that you don't need that many men. You need more women than you do men to keep the human race going. I think it was at the heart of that. Mm. But we men in the 21st century, we have no obligation really other than maybe a moral you should help your fellow human being we don't have an obligation as men to look out for women to really to be blunt to help women women are independent and self-sufficient so why do they, why do men have to help them and why conversely do women have to help men okay they don't no that is a hard question and you, by you taking the answer you're going like the people got to help people type thing because a unified mm. society works better when people are actually helping each other yeah but on a level yeah. of men and women mm. you don't have to break it down that way you can just go yeah people should help people yeah but you don't have to gender it see what i mean kind of yeah i, I like you're almost saying like men are basically sperm donors this is what third wave some third wave feminists want society to be they just want men to have no role whatsoever other than sperm donor you know what i kind of wouldn't mind living in like a male camp where i'm given all the pa- i'm pampered and looked after and all i have to do this is, is twice cream. twice weekly get milked and then I go back to playing computer games and then that's kind of the world men live in now is just you go out you work you live in a shitty shoebox but as long as you've got your online gaming you're content you must have heard women talk about this notion of always dreaming of the big wedding day, that kind of thing. Men don't, we don't have that. We don't dream of weddings and things like that. No, and there's, no generally um, no, I don't think they do. There's a bizarre new trend where women have started marrying themselves. I thought you were going to say that. I, I truly don't know what that is. I think it's the, we've hit peak narcissism, I think. That is pure narcissism, marrying yourself. That's on par with... Oh, let's have a bear, let's have a funeral where the the guy or the girl go to the funeral herself before they die, <laughs> just to hear what it's pre, like. Pre funeral, yeah, pre funeral. That's fucking narcissistic. You didn't cry. You didn't cry enough. Yeah, because <laughs> you're not dead, Grandpa. <laughs> and at these weddings, right, where women are marrying themselves, uh, when they, it comes to kiss, you know, bride and groom kiss, yeah, they, they kiss, kiss a, a mirror. mirror. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Classic joke of like, you know, if you if you if you marry yourself and you sleep with someone, have you committed adultery? Yeah, they're by by marrying themselves, you're taking an old school system and you're thinking you're updating it, but you're actually buying into it. But I think it's because you know I said earlier, women uh, they dream, they fantasize about the wedding day. Yeah. So there's a part of them that wants that, and if they can't find what you would call a marriageable man a man suitable for marriage, what, what are you going to do? You, know, you still want your wedding day. Now, my question is, are men no longer marriageable? Are men dropping the ball in that sense of women want a, ma- a suitable man to marry, but they can't find any? 
Oh, if you look in his past, he's got a shitty education. Well, I don't think he's marriage material, because I don't think he can grow from that. He hasn't got a degree. Yeah, or, oh, look, he's got a balding patch. Kind of like, well, I guess. I mean, I'm hey, not going to... We're, we're hitting all of my insecurities yeah, here. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't want uh, I, I don't want to have kids, but those, you know, those genes, it'll be uncomfortable to look at. So we started with Gavin McInnes there, talking about how, well, his perspective is that women would be more happy with the traditional family unit. <laughs> I mean, the stats show that children do better, generally, with the traditional family unit than single parent. That is true, undeniably. Yeah, but then that's like having a dog, having like lots of people playing with it. <laughs> it does better yeah. when it's lots that's of people playing the, with yeah, it. Yeah, because you've got a bigger support network. Yeah. You, all you, more you, uncles, yeah. more aunts. Yeah, more you don't need a mother and father. You just have a larger family unit. You can be... Yeah, I yeah. personally... I think it is better two parents, kids, rather than single parents. Yeah. But I don't care what gender, sexual... I don't give a shit. If it's two guys, two women, I don't care. As long as there's two parents. Because like you say, it's the, it's as the wider... As long as one of the baby is Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wider support network that matters. Yeah. You know, having more cousins, more relatives mm. in general, more friends to help out but would that necessarily make a dent on this recurring stat of women's unhappiness going down probably not but next year yeah hopefully what i want to do my plan is to have a women only episode where i don't come up with any of the topics i don't all i'm doing is editing it because that's the laborious <laughs> task at the end okay. no one's going to step in to do that for me but it's it would just be like however many women talking about whatever they want to talk about and maybe I might float that idea of listen to us <laughs> assholes talking about women's happiness. Have a listen to this. This is like a book club. Listen to this and comment on it. But I think it's important that people understand you're allowed to talk about things. Of course you are. It's not a crime. You might say it's uh, a word we really need to disinvent. That's inappropriate. All right. Coming up next. The link between WikiLeaks and Russia. Or is the Kremlin as it's becoming known as again coming up next do you believe the russians are number one behind that hack and the release and that they're actually trying to interfere with the u.s political election well uh, i think the fbi is still investigating what happened i know that experts have attributed this to the russians what we do know is is that the Russians hack our systems, uh, not just government systems, but private systems. But what the motives were in terms of the leaks, all that, uh, I can't say directly. Uh, what I do know is that Donald Trump has repeatedly expressed admiration for uh, Vladimir Putin. It sounds like you're suggesting that Putin might be motivated to prefer Trump in the White House. Well, uh, I am basing this on what Mr. Trump himself has said. Uh, and I think that Trump's gotten pretty favorable coverage uh, back in Russia. Is it possible in your mind that the Russians would try to influence the U.S. election? Uh, anything's possible. So Barack Obama there introducing us into our second topic of discussion. Obamacare. Now, of course, you may remember, uh, I think it was about a month ago, the Democratic National Convention. Hillary's team, the Democrats, they had their emails hacked and it's suspected that someone in Russia, little wink-wink, a Putin, hacked into the Democrats' email servers, and uh, they're trying to damage Hillary, is Hillary's claim here. The Ruskies are working together with WikiLeaks. Yes, WikiLeaks are the ones who leaked the DNC emails. What were in the DNC emails? 
the big scandal was, you know, Bernie Sanders was running against Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And the DNC, the people that run it, yeah. they were adamant from the beginning, we are completely neutral, we don't favour Hillary, we don't favour Bernie, and they said that all the way, and then uh, this leak comes out, and it turns out Hillary was the horse they were backing big time, and they were actually trying to undermine Bernie. So, politics. So a lot of Bernie supporters are like, fuck Hillary, do you know what I mean? Yeah, Bernie Sanders, when he found this out, he left the party. Yeah. Dignified stance. Now, uh, obviously, Trump just can't help himself. When this allegation came out, Trump, uh, that Russia had hacked the Democrats' email server, right? Trump came out and said, hey, maybe Putin can find Hillary's missing emails. Boom. But it did. I'd it, like him as a state leader. <laughs> but it made, it made it easy to attack him and to try and establish a link between Trump and Putin. What am I saying? I, I've got Trump hotels everywhere. I mean, Putin's great. I love it. I mean, I'm great. Vladimir's great. We're both great. I mean, I grew up in Brooklyn. It got cold. In Russia, it's cold. We're kind of two brothers from another mother. I like how you naturally Jew up Trump when you're doing... I was trying to go Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn! Yeah. Who good about it? And uh, I've noticed on Twitter, Julian Assange, has, over the last three or four weeks, has made repeated claims that he's going to release something that will bring down the Hillary campaign. He seems to be really anti-Hillary. He's not... He's not coming across as... Pro-Trump. Yeah, just really anti-Hillary. He, I don't think he's actually said anything positive about Trump thus far. You think her... It's a uh, safe way to play it. Her part in politics was like trying to bring him down when it was originally they were going after him. I don't know if Hillary really... I think the... Um, Had a part to play. Yeah, well, I mean, she was foreign secretary. But I remember Julian Assange was accused of rape in Sweden. Yeah. And uh, his defense was, I'm running from America. He's been hiding out in the Ecuadorian embassy for the last, like, four and a half years, right? He keeps saying, I'm hiding from America because they're going to extradite me and they're going to execute me. And that's not true. I'll tell all. you one thing. Ecuadorian soap operas must be really good if he's sticking around that long. <laughs> or they got good food. I don't know. <laughs> but um, he keeps saying he's running from America. He's not. He's running from a accusation a charge of rape in Sweden. Yeah. Now, what do you personally make of Julian Assange, the character, as opposed to WikiLeaks? Like, oh, well. <laughs> no opinion at all. I, I, I don't really have a lot of opinion on him. I mean, like... He does come like, across as a sleazeball. I was going to say, I liked, used to like Woody Allen before I found out that he uh, slept with his daughter. So, I mean, I've got to give myself a lot of leeway when it comes to some people. <laughs> I like the idea of WikiLeaks, but to separate Assange from that, he's a bit sleazy. I don't think he's quite a trustworthy character. And uh, I do recall he wrote a kind of sort of manifesto before he started WikiLeaks, back when he was like a, a well-known, talented hacker from Australia. Mm. He really wanted to embarrass America, and he had dreams of bringing America down, do you know what I mean? And so he's, I think his real intention is to embarrass America, rather than uh, he loves Russia. I think so, he's just anti-American. Quick question, WikiLeaks is him, or it's a group of hackers under the banner of the name? Yeah, WikiLeaks. there's a group of hackers... When they first formed, their idea was there would be no hierarchy. There's no front man, no leader at the top, yeah, right? Just hack what you want as long as everyone knows what you're doing. Well, that's the thing. They're, it's not really them hacking. They're, they're releasing leaks. So people leak things to them anonymously and they okay. protect 
So the there source. were so there were free press type. They see themselves yeah. as a free press. But Julian Assange got actually. I think there was a period where uh, WikiLeaks tried to disassociate itself from Julian Assange, not just because he was accused of rape, but because he decided. Uh, my understanding is unilaterally he decided he was going to be the leader, the voice of WikiLeaks. And the reason why they didn't want to do that is uh, it becomes when you have a leader, you can attack that leader for their yeah failings and it guilt by association it makes yeah the organization look bad so you you you're stealing from the rich to give to the poor but you've got robin hood so you can beat on robin hood yeah and try and discredit them yeah and if robin hood rapes a, a swedish woman and then allegedly yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> but thus far wikileaks when it comes to russia they've only released a handful of embarrassing cables and communiques and classified I mean, documents this is all done through like russian servers and everything like that am i right i don't know about that okay i imagine they've got servers located all over to be honest if they're smart yeah but my point is wikileaks have hundreds of thousands of embarrassing leaks about yeah. america well maybe i should say potentially embarrassing they don't have a fraction of that when it comes to russia so you can you could argue the WikiLeaks Make of that are, what you will. Yeah, they're, they're more interested in attacking America than Russia. And Russia's kind of jumped on the bandwagon and, and kind of gone like, well, if you're not after us, well, I guess we'll help you then. Mm, I don't know, because this charge was put to Julian Assange by the American government. And uh, his response was to... He had almost kind of like a PR stunt where yeah. he was like, oh, we're, don't worry, we're going to release things about Russia and it's going to be really terrible for them, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. then someone in the FSB, you know, the successor to the KGB, yeah. they basically made like a thinly veiled threat towards Julian Assange and uh, those leaks, they, they weren't forthcoming. They never got released. <laughs> and I think that's a big part of why they will release things about America and not Russia because America will, will suck it up and they'll take it. And whereas, Russia will fucking grind your bones to make their yeah, bread. If you embarrass them, you will be found hanging from a lamppost. You'll have your tea poisoned with, uh, what was it? A plutonium, 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 yeah. plutonium 220 or something. What's his name? Alexander Litvinenko? Litvinenko, yeah. There's another great one I heard of where a Russian uh, KGB agent put poison on the tip of an umbrella yes and stabbed a guy in the leg with it and yeah he's like, oh my god i'm so sorry like, yeah, he's got they've obviously got the perfect british accents right yeah <laughs> hillary's are trying to establish a link between not only trump and putin mm. but wikileaks and russia she's trying to hit two birds with one stone here you think she's able to do it well i mean wikileaks have definitely kind of declared war on her in a way mm. so i think she's within her right to try and fight back but feel like this is a kind of return of cold war era propaganda where you discredit someone your opponent by trying to link them to communism i think they're being a bit lazy i think they're resting on their laurels in terms of we can rely on cold era sentiments of where we can just discredit you by saying basically you're a communist now it's kind of not working because they've spent the last year saying trump's a fascist mm. <laughs> it sounds like they're oh if we don't acknowledge it if we raise ourselves above it yeah no one will mention you know we'll we'll be the bigger person they'll stop talking about those damn emails i mean trump has spoke warmly mm. of putin admires him to a certain extent i think this week he said to something to the effect of he's a strong leader he's stronger than obama but 
I don't think Trump's a communist. I don't think he's a fascist either. Kind of, he stumbled into this. See, I thought you were going to go with, uh, like, Trump admired Putin in the same sense that Gerald Ford kept a copy of Mein Kampf on the side of his bed. (laughs) Do you think there's an irony in um, Obama came out this week and said Trump's not qualified to be president? And that's what I remember people saying about Obama back in in 2008. Mm, That that, was a big attack against him. That's a bad stance to take. But going back to WikiLeaks and Russia... Uh, there are ties between WikiLeaks and Russia. Mm. One, Julian Assange. I don't know if he still has it. He definitely did have a TV show on Russia Today. And if anyone doesn't know, Russia Today is the Russian-sponsored, Russian Kremlin-approved propaganda channel. The uh, only channel I watch for news. <laughs> Where Especially in Afghanistan, where they always kind of go like, oh, the look at those idiots. They cannot make anything work. Yeah, they fucked it up worse than we yeah, did. Yeah, if only we'd, if only they'd accepted us and our Kalashnikovs. And our way of suppression. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then, of course, you've got the fact that Assange is big on government transparency. But when it comes to Russia, he hasn't really got much to say. Likewise, he hasn't got much to say about Ecuador's complete lack of transparency. No freedom of the press or anything like that. But to me, I think he's... That's more opportunism than... They opened the door to me when I came came knocking. Exactly. I think it's more that than I love Russia. I think he hates America. I think that's definitely true. But I don't think he loves Russia, though. Do you think... um, I mean, WikiLeaks, they could have some dirt on Russia. But at the same time, maybe Russia's got dirt on the members of WikiLeaks. I mean... Do you think maybe the Kremlin has compromised WikiLeaks and basically effectively control it now? I mean, we're not thinking of, like, a third option. What's that? Maybe Russia is really, really clean. (laughs) (laughs) Stunned silence there. (laughs) The head of state is a former professional assassin who used to poison people for a living. (laughs) I don't know how clean. I think there is both, uh, particularly in Western Europe, an anti-Americanism and... Uh, anti-Russianism, mm. for lack of a better word. And I think we kind of take a dim view of both. But I don't think the Kremlin are running WikiLeaks. I think it's it's a matter of expedience. It's a matter of opportunism. It's not like America is suddenly going to start working with WikiLeaks, right? They start being favourable to them in any way, doing them any favours. Whereas see, I think Russia's shown they will help them every now and then. See, I'm surprised America <laughs> don't have their own system like that. Just... Why don't they have state-sponsored hackers and then get someone to independently release shit about Russia? I think they're hacking Russia every fucking day. I think America's hacking everyone. I think everyone is hacking everyone. Yeah. Everyone's spying on everyone. One thing I would be wary of, especially if you're American and you're into American politics and political discourse, be wary of the old Cold War sentiments, that <laughs> sentimentality. Of- there is there a red in your bed. Yeah, the old red You've just scare. had your period. <laughs> yeah, try and try and be above that. <laughs> movie talk. So, Hymo. Oh, so this is a movie, is it? Yeah, what film did I go see this week oh. that you wisely chose not to? Hot Dog Hunt Down. <laughs> <laughs> Alternative name for it, yeah, possibly. Oh. Rut first bullshit. <laughs> yeah, this week I went to go see Sausage Party. Hey, hey, good looking. What you got cooking? Look at these big old birds waiting to get filled with my meat. Yeah, right, Carl. Who in this package would ever let Carl get up in them, huh? 
Roberta, put your fucking hand down. You're ruining my joke. <laughs> Ketchup, mustard, oh, sausages and buns. Sweet goodbyes. Yes! Chosen together. It's because we belong together. I know it's against the rules, but just the, the tips. tips. <sighs> so, sausage party. Uh, how would I describe this? Imagine a bunch of 15-year-old stoners broke into Pixar Studios and in the span of about nine hours made the film they always wanted to make. I, I picture them breaking into the studio, but also sitting around the studio with all the stuff they stole from a 7-Eleven. Dude, have you ever wondered if, like, sausages could talk? Nah, bro, nah. They'd totally be like... Oh my god, bro, don't eat me. Oh, <laughs> mustard, man, it's everywhere. Oh. Yeah, so this is basically the premise for Sausage Party. Uh, it's, a, it's a universe where food is sentient. It's like, you know how toys, Pixar's toys. Toy Story, yeah. It asked the question, what if toys could actually talk and be sentient and interact with each other? This is the <laughs> same, but with food and some arbitrarily picked other supermarket items so not everything is alive in this world it's just whatever's in this supermarket see to make where a, the film is set for to make a side note on that yeah yeah okay so if these say vegetables are alive yes then are they like wrenched away from their family in the farm and then taken away the people who wrote this film were even lazier than we would be if we wrote this film like we might ask that question and kind of maybe do a five second bit of exposition about that you know yeah. what I mean? but nah they don't they don't do that they, they don't bubble that in this film so uh i have no idea who the fuck it's directed by and i really don't care but it has got an all-star cast and uh yes including... yes that's that's what has brought a lot of people towards yeah, it and the, the producer main seth yeah. rogan seth rogan is uh the main protagonist whose name i can't remember but he plays a sausage Kristen wig yeah plays a hot dog bun and also the love interest of the film uh michael Sarah is in it ed norton plays a jewish bagel ed a jewish norton. bagel oh my god how funny is that mm-hmm. how witty and original is the idea of we need a jewish character what food should he be let's make him a bagel you know you know there aren't enough bagels in hollywood they say bagels run hollywood <laughs> and then to top it all off selma hyatt plays a lesbianic taco yeah that sounds yeah <laughs> actually i would watch that dustal dawn version <laughs> <laughs> so i mean you might have guessed this is probably the worst film i've seen this year maybe the worst film i've seen in my life <laughs> yeah, okay that bad yeah i mean it's it, it's proof positive that you can't just throw fuck into every single gag and expect the gag to work oh to oh, make up for the fact that the joke isn't actually that funny you just throw a few fucks in it they use the expletive as the punchline yeah like the first few minutes i honestly thought that's the level of humor that's what it's gonna be it's just gonna be fuck 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 motherfucker motherfucker faggot little sausage you're about to learn the terrible truth about cooking something oh, it's beautiful man it's just beautiful as soon as you're out those doors oh jesus fuck the gods kill our asses you fucking whore me eyes they burn <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. Why would they do that? Uh, because it makes them stronger. 
Hunger's insatiable, buddy. I mean, fuck. How do you know all this? We the non-perishables, motherfucker. You don't have to be a movie maker to guess what the premise, what the big joke of this film is, right? So the film's set predominantly in this supermarket, and the premise is food sits on the shelf waiting for humans that they call gods to come and divinely select them you know as like a savior to save them Mm -hmm. from the supermarket shelf before they lose their freshness and get thrown in the uh what do you call it the abyss the the bottomless pit of the waste can and so the film starts with this musical number exposition wise it's telling you the philosophy of all the food items in the supermarket was it a fun song yeah, very fun song. A lot of swearing. Oh, oh <laughs> fuck, we're going to die. We're going to eat and buy a dog. Yeah, and it basically goes along the lines of there's a great outdoors and it's blissful. It's essentially heaven. Mm. And they, they keep saying it. They reiterate it four or five times in the song. Nothing bad happens out there. I'm pretty fucking sure everything's great out there. Do you know what I mean? It does that four or five times and you're like, Jesus Christ, we fucking get it. I know what the mm. setup is. They're going to get eaten. That's the purpose of food, right? Do you know what I mean? I mean, they gave that away in the trailer anyway. Well, it's the joke of the film. <laughs> okay. So, of course, uh, Seth Rogen plays, I think his name's Frank. I'm not sure. That sounds about right. He plays this sausage and he's grouped together with other so- sausages and packaging, right? And his girlfriend... Like a bunch of bros. Exactly. They are. They're all bros. They're all stereotypical. Yeah. Jared. Motherfucker. Faggot. Do you know what I mean? All that shit. Yeah. And um, next to him are these packages of hot dog buns who have female shapes. They have... The not- lumpier. They're rounder. Yeah. And then a jar of honey mustard is returned to the store. Oh, I'm sorry. I picked up the wrong jar. Blah, blah, blah. Right? Mm. And so he comes back and he's traumatized. And so everyone's going like, oh my God, oh my God. What's, what's the big outdoor? What, what it's like? What is it like out there? It's fucking terrible. Oh my God, it's a fucking nightmare. You wouldn't understand even if I told you all this. Blah, blah, blah. Right? And no one believes him. Mm. Except Seth Rogen's character. Seth Rogen the sausage, we'll call him from now on, basically. Right? Seth the sausage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Seth the sausage. For the first time in his life, skepticism about the great prophecy of God's divinely pick you for salvation. He suddenly wants the, the proof of it, right? Mm. And uh, this jar of honey mustard is so traumatized by his experience of the outside world that he jumps off of a trolley to commit suicide. Chaos ensues after that. See, that works. That's a fun joke about like, like, oh, I picked up something in the supermarket and it just fell out of my trolley type thing. Because in this universe, unlike Pixar's toys, where the toys pretend to be inanimate, they basically play dead whenever the human comes into the room. In this movie, they're still alive. They still run around and shit. But humans, it just looks like a piece of food moving. Yeah. And then this is where, this is the only place the laughs come from is watching the food die. Yeah. In a myriad of horrific ways, right? Oh, you thought you were eating a, like, yeah. a cheese and ham of- pickle sandwich, but you're actually doing a mass murder. Yeah, and it cuts to the food, like, ah! Yeah. And uh, two of Seth the Sausage's friends, they see what's happening, and they realize what's going on, that yeah. the gods aren't actually gods, they're monsters who eat us. The gods, they and must be standing, crazy. Like, they're standing on the edge of a window, right? Yeah. A window ledge. And they're like, we have to jump. And then Michael Sarah's one of them. You hear like the, the sound effect of the knife going in. And he looks and he turns to his friend and the knife's like cutting through him and he's like being cut in half. And it's all kind of gory from their mm. perspective. But it's like, what was the woman 
What was she thinking at that moment? Like, why do, Why are the sausages on the window? I didn't put them on the window, Les. What the fuck is going on? That's like, the most hygienic area I've got in the kitchen. <laughs> but it's like... Nothing it goes up there. It doesn't make any sense, do you know what I mean? Whereas in toys, it's kind of like you would have a little thing of, like, sometimes toys end up in weird places, yeah. you know? But there's a point in the script, because they're outside and they have to get back to the supermarket, Yeah. obviously they can't do it on their own, right? So they need the help of a human. And what the plot device is... Please tell me they get a, a tramp... Or a bum to get them somewhere. It's a junkie, a uh, drug addict, oh my God, who has bought bath salts for the first time. So he can see them. Exactly. He takes the bath salts, and then suddenly he's in this magical world, and the sausage suddenly starts talking to him. We need to make him see us. I have a plan. Here goes everything. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> at me with your little shoes and your arms and your legs. Look at me. I ain't got no legs. You ain't my goddamn legs. What did he do to you? You don't want to fucking know. It's a shit film, right? And um, You can laugh at shit films. They can have funny moments. You can hate yourself for it, but you can laugh at them. But the humor, it's 99% juvenile fart jokes. Dick jokes. They're, towards the end of the film, there's this massive orgy scene where really? they just every p- other every piece of food item is fucking the shit out of every other piece of food item, and it goes on for about two really? or three minutes. Yeah, there's also some really lowbrow Adam Sandler type humor where there were about twelve, a dozen or so racial stereotypes. Yes. Where obviously, like I've heard this, a tequila bottle is obviously like a drunk Mexican. You know what I mean? And uh, there's a Native American who's the white sage who understands everything that's going on and uh there was another racial stereotype like i say ed norton plays a jewish bagel who has to share an aisle with a palestinian what do you Bere- call it no uh flatbread yeah pizza bread yeah and obviously it's just ugh, it's such a blunt allegory yeah where it's clear that they the people who wrote it obviously think they're saying something about israel palestine you saying can, something profound you and then not you can sum it up as someone had a whiteboard and then they go like oh my god oh my god write it up write it up on the whiteboard write write it write it write it, Bagel write, versus write it. Yeah, yeah that'd be brilliant how, how can we do that it yeah. doesn't matter it's on the whiteboard and then in a surprising twist mm. the film the script shows a kind of self-awareness where there's a realization that this is all just a bunch of horse shit. Like, you can't actually... It's not a happy ending, right? Yeah. Because basically, they take their vengeance on humans. The the, the monsters they yeah. originally thought were gods. They get their revenge. They kill a bunch of the humans in the shop. Yeah. But in the back of your mind, you're like, well, yeah, that's today. Tomorrow, the store's going to open up. It's gonna. It's all yeah. going to happen. They're, they're signed to their fate, right? They're resigned to their fate. Yeah, hundreds of thousands of shops exactly, everywhere. Yeah. You know, this shop, they'll just get rid of this food here and then restock the aisles. And so the film does a really weird breaking of the fourth wall and uh, they realise their universe isn't even real. They're situated in a computer and they are just, they're like, we're not even food! We're only cartoons! And this asshole, Seth Rogen! And so the Native American... No, 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 no! Yes, because what else were they going to do? They could. They, what are they going to do? They have to resign themselves to the fact the food's going to get eaten and killed anyway. Have but that ending. That's a better ending than this the, shit you're the, leading me into. The Native Americans got the classic fire thing going, yeah. and the spirits are showing. And Seth Rogen's face appears like in the smoke of the fire. Yeah. 
And he's like, yeah. And then uh, at one point, the bagel's there as well. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just a cartoon bagel. And it's like, no, you're Ed Norton. You're a great actor. Like, and then no! Ed Norton's face. <laughs> yeah. No! Yeah, I mean, it's like a slap in the face to the audience, really. Because really, when you're, when you're asking an audience to pay money to watch your movie, you're asking them to immerse themselves in your story, this universe yeah, you've created. This is a bubble. And then you're just slapping them in the face. And then saying, ha ha, we're all in on the joke. We wasted your fucking time. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. You cool cats and kittens, you got your ears pricked up, but we're gonna go. Yeah, Hyman, once again, my partner in crime, thank you very much for humoring my unpopular opinions i'm a i'm a bystander in this I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> at, at, at the most i've aided and abetted but that is it you're like a soundboard me i just i kind of pitch things out to you and just more the corkboard and you're the pins throwing at me <laughs> ouch buddy ouch it wouldn't work this show without you though brother <laughs> anyway Hope you enjoyed our sausage party this week. <laughs> <laughs> All about women. <laughs> and why are they so unhappy? Because of cunts like us. <laughs> <laughs>